It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on webmasterradio.fm. Your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, covers all the angles from contextual advertising, affiliates, donations, subscription, direct sales, pay-per-click, and more. Net income helps you get the most revenue using various streams of income. More money, more money, more money. Now, join your host as we bring on the bling, Jeremy Shoemaker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the January 30th, 2007 edition of Net Income. I'm your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, and always joined by Andrea. Hello. Hello, and so today we are going to have on shortly Brian Axe, who is the Director of Project Product Management at Google AdSense. So um, we don't have them yet, but shortly they will be on the line. So um, we were just going to cover a few recent news topics. Um, we just got back from ASW, also known as Affiliate Summit West 2007. Andrea, do you want to uh, just run down... What a what a time you had there! Absolutely, you know, I, it's always nice to finally meet people that you you know talk to online. Everybody is absolutely the nicest. Um, I met some really great people there. Um, it was fun actually over at the Webmaster Radio booth. Um, Nicole, your assistant there, was handing out the shoe money shirts, which I heard went out in about an hour. So yeah. on the first day, so that was pretty fun just to hear that everybody was excited about getting a shoe money shirt. Yeah, they were the limited edition black ones. They they uh, went out very very fast. So I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. It was a different kind of conference. Um, that was the first affiliate summit I had ever been to, and um, I, it was a, it was a different uh, definitely a different atmosphere. There was a lot more affiliates and a lot less corporate stuff than uh, I was used to. So it was really interesting to see all the and meet all the affiliate companies where. Normally, you know, like Searches and Strategies and PubCon, there isn't near the, well, just the vendors in the expo hall. So I thought that right, was Right, definitely. I, it's kind of unique how it's really targeted towards one specific area because there's, you know, you can really start to hear a buzz about one company or one affiliate or, um, you know, and you can really get more time with certain companies if you've done work with them because they're all there. So... It's really, it was really interesting for me because, you know, I'm just kind of getting in the affiliate area, and I really learned a lot at this one. As much as, like, search engine strategies, it's really spread out with whoever can be there with a booth, and so it was really interesting to be there. Yeah, definitely. So in, in other news, uh, for the Elite Retreat, Guy Kawasaki is now going to speak on the afternoon of the first day. That's big news for us. With that, um, for more on that, you can go to EliteRetreat.info. And uh, I understand now on the line with us, we're joined by Brian Axe from uh, Google AdSense. Brian, how are you doing? Hi, very good, Jeremy. Thanks for having me today. No problem. Thanks for coming on. So uh, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how long you've been with Google and, and your position there? Uh, super, yes. I'm uh, so officially a group product manager um, on the ads business. I uh, was one of the original product managers that launched AdSense um, almost four years ago, um, coming on our, our, our four-year anniversary in March here, and um, have pretty much been involved with, with building the various different product extensions and, and improving the product over the last four years. Awesome. And... Uh of course, recently you guys made a few changes to your terms of service, and, and that spurred uh, spurred quite a few questions that we received here. But do you want to just kind of tell us what the kind of the goal of the changes were, and uh, uh, just just kind of from an overview, if you could? 
Yeah, super. I can give an overview and then and then let me know if there's particular areas uh, that you think would be best to, to drill down sure. in. Um, so, so essentially, the, the high-level um, change was just to make them simpler. We wanted to take away a lot of the legalese and some of the, the, the legacy um, arcane type of um, wording and, and policies um, that we had in there and, and sort of update, update them to um, essentially the, uh, the, the, the new version of AdSense that has changed many times since I think the original update here, which was, was I think almost the beginning of time three years ago. So some of the, the minor changes were a clear copyright policy. Before we had mentioned um, specific cannot have ads next to specific media like MP3 and, and images. And um, really what our, our, you know, the intent here was not to have ads next to um, media that has copyright issues. So, so we just basically stated as the intent instead of having the calling out um, media um, type like MP3 and, and images that, that people can, can actually... I can I ask you a question um, about that? Basically, uh, and this is some of the questions that we have. So, so was the intent with in in that regard then more as a copyright perspective in regards to the images, and not so much as images drawing people's attention to the ads? Oh, okay, yeah, not not to be confused with the images next to ads. That okay. that is a separate um, aspect of the policy. Okay. And um, th this was more just media types that that would have copyright issues. So the, um, just to drill down on the images issue, um, and, and, and you described it exactly as, as the issue that, that, um, that we on behalf of our advertisers would have, is, is if you have images that are causing undue attention to the ads, then um, there would be a higher click-through rate and not quite the, the commensurate um, ROI for advertisers. So, so that's why we'd like to have a very clear distinction between what's ads and, and what's content on the site. Got you. That was that was a. Uh, it seemed like a lot of the questions we got were, um, you know, were pictures next to ads. Are they ever going to be allowed again? Um, is it is it just a fine line? No pictures allowed next to the ads, and that's the way it is. Yeah, um, probably the best way to describe it is we understand the need to put pictures next to the ads, and what we don't have in place is a mechanism by which we can then understand that. Um, there are pictures next to this ad, and therefore we should um, value the um, the click differently because there could be a inflated, falsely inflated um, set of clicks coming through, without the commensurate um, value being driven to the advertisers. So it's one okay. of the things that that that's a very fine balance that you know many of our publishers. Um, should really think about in, in, in justifying the things that we do is we've, we basically have this delicate ecosystem between advertisers and publishers. And if you let things swing um, out of, you know, from this equilibrium one way, one direction or another, then it's not good for either long term. Right. And so, so just, just in, in sticking with the, just with the theme, then the, the actual goal is, is mainly just to not, uh, in, in, like, basically induce invalid clicks, essentially. Uh, yeah, and and uh, you could describe it as invalid clip clicks. Um, you could also describe them as clicks that may not be warranted at the at the the proper rate um, that that they would get, on, say, another website that didn't have the images, and, right. and then valued appropriately. Okay. So um, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So I, I can continue back with with the high level changes. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Within the policies. So uh, another minor change was um, not allowing sites that sell term papers, and this is consistent with our AdWords policy and, and um, 
<clears throat> primarily Google just has a um, you know a big responsibility in things that we help to monetize and and the, the sort of ecosystems that start up around these things and we received quite a bit of feedback from educators and and we just felt that the right thing to do was to not help to um, fuel this industry we don't necessarily you know go out and and shut these websites down but we don't necessarily want to fund them with um, AdSense ads either so that's a, a pretty minor um, change, most likely not affecting many of uh, your listeners. Is, you know, that's really interesting. Because Are there any other industries that you guys are currently looking into as far as putting that policy on? Any other type of sites? Um, none, none that I can speak to at, at the moment. We're, we're constantly looking at feedback from, um, from readers and, and influencers, like in this case the teachers that, that weren't very excited about it. Um, but but I can't can't speak to any that are um, that we're actively pursuing at this point. All right. So so basically, you, you guys were kind of actively seeking. I mean, just kind of looks like just paying attention to the the market and not. I mean, with copyright respects to images and I mean with term papers and and all that stuff. So it seems like you mm -hmm. guys have really taken an active role on, on protecting people's rights. You know, and even a step farther than DMCA stuff like that. Right. Yes. Yeah. We. You know, again, I say that um, Google, we, we hold ourselves to a pretty high standard um, from a responsibility standpoint to the markets that, that, we, that we enter, and um, these are examples of, of where we really thought that the right thing to do would be to, um, to, to, to not help to, to fuel things like term papers and um, to, to be more specific around the intent that the, the copyright is really up to the individuals to make sure, the, the, the publishers themselves, to make sure that they're not using copyright material. But, but, you know, essentially making the, the, the policies cleaner and understandable. So, right. um, yeah, any, no other questions? We can move on to the referrals aspect sure. of the policy. Yeah, and, and also just anybody in the, in the chat room, if you have questions, just pop them up and we'll be sure to ask. So, yeah, let's move on. Super. So um, we also made a change to the referrals policy, and, and, again, this was sort of updating from the legacy. When we initially launched referrals, we just had buttons. And since then, we've added text links and other forms of buttons and, and many other products that um, can be referred. And one of the big updates was to go from, I think we had a max of two, um, just one, one referral um, button or text link per product, like, for example, the Google Pack, and a max of two referrals um, on a page. So we've, limited, we've eliminated the max. You can have as many as possible. And you can have up to two per product. So we have about eight eight products that you can refer. So theoretically, a publisher on a single page could have up to sixteen um, referral images and 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 text links if the, um, that page seemed to work out um, to the right benefit to do so. You know, we did have a we did have a few questions about the referral products, and I think they were. Do you guys ever plan to make the referral codes easier? for affiliates, um, I don't know if you call your people affiliates, but I mean, uh, basically mm -hmm. for people to promote them, like in emails or, um, you know, like RSS feeds and stuff like that. Yeah, we're very, very interested in being able to have them um, implemented and integrated into emails and, and more easily integrated into text. We, we need to counter that with the protection of the advertisers and, and also the advertiser brand of if, um, you know, unfortunately, as, as we all know, there's a few bad apples that ruin 
um, the things that we can do and, and the things that we can offer. Um, you can imagine the referrals being passed around in email and, and just not being a good thing for, for users in general and, and right. encouraging more um, spam in your email. So um, our, our plan is to enter these markets when we actually have the ability to, to counter some of the the abuse that unfortunately enters um, our system when we enter these new areas. So yeah, the, um, very the, interested in it. The, the actual example that was given was uh, a guy just said, you know, why are referral codes such a pain when I tell someone that they need to sign up for AdSense because I think, you know, basically he says, you know, I have to tell them to go to my site, look for the little button, click on it when, when I could just message them a link or, or do that or, you know, right. email them a link. So, so, right. um, so really the fear is the, is the abuse that would naturally take place. Yeah, many many of the things we don't do it just to cause inconvenience because that's a great example that you just gave where it's not the best thing for the user themselves. Um, but unfortunately, there are um, some bad apples that that make us have to implement um, force our implementation so it's not as as ideal as as possible in in that particular use case. Okay. So. Um, Moving on, then, the um, competitive ads policy was probably the, the aspect of the policy that, uh, the, the change of the policy that, that created the most interest. And um, let me clarify a couple aspects of it, and then I'm sure there will be uh, follow-on um, questions and sure. clarifications on top of that. So the, the first thing we did, we removed the word contextual um, from our definition of, of competitive ads. And the reason for this is it's a very an ambiguous term. And what does contextual actually mean? It, it, you know, next to something, or there's a crawl engine that's required, or and if um, if there's a crawl, does you know does it have to be the crawl within the site, or could it just be linking within the same site? It, it was a very ambiguous term. So we decided to get rid of contextual as as a term, and and then we really wanted to think through what is the you know the original intent of this policy was to not um, not have users, you know, have sort of a, a ad banner blindness to the text ads that that Google has helped to create and 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 run across the internet. And we thought, well, the best way to do that is not really on a per page basis type of exclusivity, but more so on a per site basis um, exclusivity. And and that's why we changed the term to ads that look like or or mimic the look and feel of the AdSense ads. And and again, this is somewhat in reaction. Uh, this was the initial intent, but then also um, somewhat in reaction to the types of ad formats that we've seen where some sites will take their house ads and they would make them look like the, the, the Google AdSense ads, put them next to the AdSense uh, format, and then the users reading the ads would think, what is this very irrelevant ad next to Google's brand doing here? And, and you know, over time, we think that that would have a negative um, effect of, of users not... Um, uh, finding value from the ads that they see that have the Google brand attached to them. Are there is there a, a list somewhere that you have that would be direct competitors that people can refer to? Well, that's just it. We you know that that's where sort of the contextual direct competitor um, issue sort of was going and and trying to maintain a list and and then it's kind of weird to have. Um, a list at all. So, so what we thought would be better is just the format of the ad is is what really matters, not not who's serving that ad. So, so the format itself, as long as it doesn't mimic or or look or confuse the user as being an AdSense ad, is fine to put. You know, any any of who you would describe as our competitors, we're fine with it on the same page. So, so it is actually a relaxing of our um, of our policy in that sense. 
So, so, so just, before before we had a page level of contextual competitors not on the same page, and and now it's you can have it on the same page. They just cannot uh, mimic the look and feel of the AdSense ads. Yeah. So so technically on a, on a page now you could have uh, like IntelliText, which which uses like a keyword targeting engine, um, mm-hmm. but obviously that wouldn't be confused with AdSense. Right. Yeah. And, we do not offer any sort of an IntelliText type of. Um, format, so now you can put IntelliText on the same page, whereas previously with the contextual um, clause that was not allowed. So, so that's a great example of where we have really loosened the, uh, the policy here. And I think, I think GenSense did a really in-depth uh, overview, a uh, high level on GenSense.com about comparing different things and kind of, uh, I think she actually specifically asked you guys as well um, which, which things would be allowed and which wouldn't. Right, yes. Yeah, we had um, a couple of calls with Jen um, just to really go through the, the, the changes. And the, the initial take was, wow, this is more stringent. But, but once she really um, thought through it and understood it better, it's actually a relaxing um, of the policy in the sense that ads could be on the same page. Formats that we don't serve today, like IntelliText, could actually be served on, um, on AdSense um, sites and, and, and pages with AdSense. And, um, you know, again, the, the intent here is not us trying to be heavy-handed and not have other competitors. The, the intent here is really to do the right thing for users and for the, the AdSense, um, the, the, the value of the AdSense brand long-term so that when users find these ads, they um, find value in them and, and don't feel like they've been duped by ads that look like AdSense that, that aren't relevant and, and not useful to users. Okay. And so, um, I mean, it sounds, it just, um, just to clarify, I hear you say pages. And um, when I first read the policy and the changes, I thought it was kind of site-wide so that you couldn't run, say, you know, Yahoo Publisher Network with the same look and feel as AdSense on the same site. But are you saying it's just kind of page-related, so you, maybe you could have them on the same site but just not on the same page? Uh, no, I'm glad you asked that. I, 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 w- I was not clear. So the policy of ads that... Um, that look like Google AdSense cannot be on the site, anywhere on the site. The, the, okay. the page aspect of it was um, where we were before, where it was more of a page-specific um, okay. policy. That's a good clarification, because I've, I've actually had a few people ask me that specifically, you know, because I always used to say before, you know, you should test things and, you know, rotate and stuff like that. So, so that's really good to know that you're not allowed to have it on the entire site. That could be confusing to the user. That's right, and 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 again, that that really is driven from the intent of users on the site from one page view to another being confused if it's the same format, but they're not the AdSense ads. Okay. Well, um, it's time to go to our first break, and so let's come back in about two minutes, Eddie. We can bring on the commercials. Stick around. Net income on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short break. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? 
Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding, and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch searchmedia.com today. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates, everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on webmasterradio.fm. Now, join your host as we bring on the blade, Jerry Shoemaker. All right, everybody, welcome back. And with us, we have uh, Brian Axe from Google AdSense. And uh, Brian, thanks again so much for joining us. Uh, in the chat room, a lot of people are, are saying how informative this is. So thanks a lot for coming on and kind of elaborating on the recent changes there with AdSense. Great. Thanks for having me. It's great to hear the, the positive feedback. Yeah. So I guess we can kind of move on. We were, we were covering the competitive uh, contextual stuff. Um, do you have anything else with that? Or? Uh, yeah, just, just to summarize that, that you know, again, the, the intent here is, is to make it simple for the, the publishers so they can understand our policies better. On the, um, the competitive contextual side of things, we had a very ambiguous term, and instead we really wanted to protect the intent of... Um, users when they see AdSense ads that, that they can still have the same trust that, um, that we'd like them to have and, and that the ads will be relevant and useful to them. And um, that's the main reason that we don't want um, sites that use AdSense to have other ads that are formatted in a similar fashion to AdSense. Okay, awesome. Thanks for clarifying that. Super. <clears throat> All right, so what else do we have? Uh, from a policy standpoint, those were the yep. big the big changes. Um, okay. So we yeah, we have we have like ahead. several questions. Um, if you don't mind, and also we we might have a live caller. I'm not not sure yet. We don't have anybody yet, but um, <laughs> we might we might have a live caller or two. So um, some of the questions were we had a lot of questions about the 
banning policy. Um, and when a, when a user is banned, what can they do to, you know, be re-included if there's a way, you know, right. or have somebody re-look at their site? Right. So we, we actually have a very thorough um, appeals process. If, if a publisher feels that they were improperly banned from AdSense, we have a appeals process that we take very seriously. And in many cases, it's collecting more information around things. And, and um, you know, I've, I've been involved in a few of these personally. And, and just I, I think the process is pretty sound, and, and it gives people a very fair shake. And um, just, just to mention it, there are people that, that, that seem to think that it's, it's not working well. And, and in many cases, when we, when we do do the drill down, um, there's, there's typically some invalid activity that, that's not just, you know, the, the example I like to use is, is a dad who's, um, whose son, you know, altruistically wanted to help out his dad by clicking on ads. Those are the appeals that, that we're fine with accepting, but in many cases they are very far from um, being that altruistic in, um, in the folks that have been, have been banned. Yeah, well, everybody's in Go ahead. When people um, do want to, you know, try to get their account back, is there something that you guys would recommend that they have for you as far as statistics, something that they should submit and have ready and prepared for you guys? Well, the, we actually have an appeals process that has an application that has uh, much of that data, and the more data that is provided, particularly around um, the the type of activity that that one might suspect that they were banned for, the um, the more reactive we can we can be. And um, you know, it, it is a iterative type of uh, type of. Sorry, we've got some construction going on in the room. If, if you guys no are hearing cables moving around. We have. We're also iterative with the appeals process. So if um, if people feel that they um, still haven't been able to, to to give the the proper information, they can learn more what information they may need to provide to to get a better look. So definitely, you want to have as much info to provide you guys with as possible to expedite the process. Yes. Yeah, the more info information that we get and the more accurate that information is, particularly around what may be the suspected um, issue, then the, the, the faster and more accurate we can be in our response. I think, there was um, a, I'm sorry, there was a question in the chat room. Um, someone said that they had previously reported the invalid activity that might have been going on on their site, you know, something like that, um, and they were still banned. Do you guys recommend that people bring it to your attention if they think it might be happening, if someone might be clicking on their ads over and over and over as far as maybe competition goes? Do you guys have anything on that? Yeah, abs absolutely. The, you know, think of it as, um, you know, many, many of the folks that, that work on our team that, that handle the appeals really have to use their judgment in, in you know, the, the corroborated story of, of what's actually going on. So the sooner that people are proactive, the, the better off we'll be. Um, but if people are, uh, you know, again, there's a few bad apples that, that ruin the experience for others. And um, if, if the bad apples are, 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 are using this as a preemptive measure to, to try and not get banned, but yet they're still um, conducting fraudulent activity, then, then it's not going to help in those cases. That's, that's interesting, and, and that's, a, that's a good question. Um, thanks to the, the user in the chat room. I think it is uh, 66 who said that because... Um, I see that often in the forums where people are like, oh, my gosh, I have 4,000 clicks today, and I, and I normally have 300. What do I do? And a lot of people do recommend emailing you guys and saying, hey, there's some weird stuff going on with my site. I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we like to have um, 
as, as, as much of a conversation with our publishers about these types of things as possible. So the, um, the more information we have, the, the better. Um, we also don't, you know, if it goes from two clicks to five clicks, <laughs> don't, don't send us right. email on, on, on those types of changes. But if they're significant, sure thing. Now, um, as far another question just in regards to emailing, you have also seen people say, oh, my gosh, I clicked on my own ads. You know, mm-hmm. should I let Google know? And, and I've seen the same kind of response. People are like, yeah, you should email them immediately and tell them that you did it. Yeah, and this, this is, um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about just how we, we view this issue as, as something that we shouldn't subject our publishers to. There are technology solutions to prevent this from occurring, and, and we've looked into ways that we can prevent this um, and, and are actually um, hopeful that we can, we can come up with a simple approach um, because publishers should be able to click on their own ads, um, to, you know, just to kind of get the experience of what their users may go through. The um, the problem is we just haven't implemented this yet. So so we've we are putting publishers in kind of a, a strange situation where we're asking them not to click on the ads, and um, and if they do, you know, let us let us know, and um, and that's just helpful for us to to ensure that people don't get banned for improperly clicking. Now 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 that being said. It would not be a good idea if, if uh, publishers just started clicking on all of their ads and then sent us an email and say, hey, I accidentally clicked on 100 ads, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, the, the intent is, is that, you know, let's not do this until we have the, the proper way to, um, to really let publishers um, click in and, and view the advertisements. But the, I guess the, the, the good info there is that um, there is a way coming so that it sounds like that people would be able to test something without, you know, the fear of, uh, being reprimanded by Google, eventually. Right. Yeah. That that uh, we are we are looking at this. We've identified it as an issue, and it's just a matter of time before we um, come out with a proper solution to it. Okay. Another another question that we had was about smart pricing. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is, and uh, and how it works? Yes. Um, so smart pricing comes up quite a bit. And um, again, this this is really something that we've implemented on behalf of advertisers since AdSense is a very unique product in that it uh, balances the ecosystem between advertiser um, ROI and and publisher um, monetization. So so smart pricing the um, the main benefits of of smart pricing are are, are definitely advertiser facing, not as much publisher facing. And the concept, the concept behind it is that there may be a um, a click on an ad that that in in certain contextual um, situations would be worth more to an advertiser, and and that same ad in different contextual situations would be worth less. Um, great example for this is if you're an advertiser selling a digital camera, and you're on a page that's actually reviewing digital cameras then um, that could be a much higher value click than on a, say, a photo page that has a bunch of photos with a, um, an ad for a digital camera. So in the latter case, it's not quite, um, not quite going to convert at the same rate to the advertiser, so the advertiser would probably be willing to pay a little bit less to it or, or get less value from that. Oh, yeah. um, and in the former case, when they're actually actively searching for the camera, they would put more value on, um, on that click. So it sounds like smart pricing is almost more like smart targeting. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it is um, somewhat a form of smart targeting, but but because unlike search, let, let's compare it to search. This, this is probably be interesting. 
um, analogy. In search, if it's not quite relevant, then we just threshold the ads off. Um, in most cases, we have a quality-based bidding by which advertisers can actually um, pay more if it's not quite as relevant, but, but a certain, at a certain point it becomes economically um, unviable for them to target a certain search word. Um, so now in the content side of things, we don't really have thresholds because we'll serve ads anyways. So take the photo side as an example. Um, we're, we feel that we're better off serving the advertisement for the digital camera because it is relevant, but it's not as relevant, nor would it convert as well um, to advertisers or have as much value to advertisers as somebody who's actively buying that, that product. So, so in, in, in content, because we have to show ads, we feel that, that this is the right approach and, and just discounting the, um, the amount paid for that ad is, is the right approach for both advertisers and, and publishers. Okay. Um, well, we're going to go to our next break here. And when we come back, we'll cover some more of your questions with uh, Brian Axe from Google AdSense. Stick around. Net income on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short break. Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper. Sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Welcome to the Daily Searchcast. Dig beats Google News on the Rumsfeld story. Dig is in the doghouse. You know, I mentioned yesterday how, like, we, we had a story get dug, and then all the people were, like, at Dig commenting, like, and why'd they get dug rather than the actual story? Like, it was, like, our fault that somebody went through and submitted it or whatnot, and I sillyly posted out there. Anyway, so no, Danny's no, going to no, do, no. Danny's going to post a link to it in, in the dailysearchcast.com. That's right. Find yeah. the comments and give us a whole bunch of digs. And while Thank you're you. at it, just keep submitting our stories to dig and also to iTunes. And you can also buy the t-shirt. No, you're going to be t-shirt. <laughs> and you'll get a free yo-yo from it. Barry will send a yo-yo to everybody who gives him a dig. Oh, and then we'll get banned from dig because you're not allowed to give away yo-yos for digs. <laughs> the Daily Searchcast with Danny Sullivan. Now five days a week. Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. Fridays catch the Week in Review as we play back all four of this week's shows at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, join your host as we bring on the bling, Jerry Shoemaker. 
All right, everybody, welcome back. We were last covering uh, pretty much smart pricing and, and what it is and, and how it works. Brian, did you have anything more to add on that? Uh, you know, not, uh, I actually had a thought on the, the previous issue of publishers clicking on their own ads. And, okay. and just remember that there is a um, somewhat of a workaround solution. If publishers want to see the actual ad, you know, the advertiser sites for the ads that they have, we have a preview tool that you can download, um, and it's an IE plugin, essentially. We, we don't support Firefox yet, but um, through this IE plugin, you can then look and preview the ads that are on your site, and then you can click on those ads, and, and those ads are not um, charged, nor, nor would they cause any issues from an invalid clicks standpoint. Okay. So I just, just want to make that clarification. And, um, and uh, I, I can summarize smart pricing again. The, the reason that we do it is, is really for the delicate balance between the publisher and advertiser. And um, it, you know, it also lets us, unlike in search where we throttle off ads, it, it lets us put ads on pretty much any site whatsoever and, and pay um, advertiser or charge advertisers appropriately for the value that's delivered to them and um, pay the publishers appropriately for the value that these advertisers receive. We had a question about your guys' take on some of the sites you see that are basically the made-for-advertising blocker sites that assemble URLs of sites that are, you know, just kind of spammy or whatnot. What's, do you guys have a take? I mean, I know you probably don't endorse them, but do you have a take on uh, keep track of kind of what's going on with that? Uh, yeah, so our position here is that we really want to do the right thing for users across the web. And... Um, you know, it, it, it's really a case-by-case -case basis. Some of these sites, um, you know, it depends on how you actually define this. Some of these sites um, are, are a good user experience, and, and in many cases they're, they're not um, the, the best experience for users. Where, where we really get concerned is how people drive traffic to these sites. You know, it's, it's, it's fine if the site is off in, in Internet space and, and if users find it and find value and they come back to it, that's great. But in many cases they are driving traffic through... Um, means that, 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 that somewhat duped the user into thinking they're getting something different than what they actually get. And, and this was the big reason for the landing page quality release that, that we have done in AdWords um, on the other side of the house of, of you know, many of these sites drive traffic through um, the AdWords ads, both on the, the, the search ads of AdWords right. and the content ads of AdWords. And um, search in uh, July we had... had really implemented the landing page quality change, and then in content in the October timeframe had, had managed that change as well. So, so we think that was the right thing for users and the user experience on, on the web, essentially Google, uh, primarily Google properties, the, the, the experience that we can control. And um, we've, we've had very positive response from, from users and, and doing the right thing for the Internet from that change. Um, now, you know, I guess the guidance that I would give um, the folks out there is, is to make sure that you're driving traffic um, through means by which the user understands completely where they're going and, and what they're getting. And um, we, are, we are constantly looking at the situation and monitoring and, and thinking through um, what we can do to better understand, monitor, and, um, and deliver the best experience to users that, that end up on these types of pages. Okay. So one of the things we, we kind of stumbled upon there was, um, you know, driving traffic with AdWords to AdSense pages. Or, or pages that contain AdSense um, is, uh, and without delving too much into the algorithm of the quality score or, or what determines that, I mean, is 
is that kind of a, I mean, basically, you definitely don't want people playing the arbitrage game, I'm guessing. Well, you know, we're, we're not necessarily against arbitrage because that is something that, you know, many markets that, that are very mature, um, essentially, it, 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 it takes advantage of inefficiencies. So, so arbitrage is a good thing from that sense. Now, arbitrage, where you're actually manipulating um, user intent and, and, and taking advantage of, of users um, and, you know, essentially duping them to think that they're going to get something by clicking on this ad and then they get something else that's really not that useful to them. Um, that's, that's what we don't, we don't really um, like, and, and that's the thing that the, the, the investigation, um, which really led to the landing page quality, uh, release as well as any future changes that we may make to, um, to 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 improve the user experience on these sites today. That's great. I, I think it's really great that you bring that up. I mean, specifically, you guys are not against arbitrage. You're just for the user experience. That's right. There, you know, there are many arbitrage sites that everybody accepts um, out there today. eBay, Shopping.com. You know, you could argue that they are doing essentially arbitrage. And um, they, they do it very effectively, and, and, and it's efficient for them. They, they don't, you know, unlike many of the sites um, that we have geared our landing page quality um, release against, uh, you know, the, the shopping.coms and Ebays don't promise something that you don't then click and then see. They, they, they say here's many products for X, and, and they, they've got the actual images and prices and, and um, more detailed and, and reviews on whatever product that, that somebody is looking to buy. Got you. And so, and just kind of sticking with the, the arbitrage, I had a, uh, another question was, um, in, in San Jose there was a panel specifically about AdSense arbitrage issues, or not, I'm sorry, not AdSense specific, it was, I think it was just called arbitrage issues. Mm-hmm. And it was, it had Chris Jones and Kim Malone and Tim Daly, a bunch of people on it, it made a big uproar about it. And then there was the repeat panel in Chicago, but... Um, no, there was no representation from any of the search engines. Do you guys plan to participate on panels like that in the future, like in New York City? Uh, we're, we're not against to participating in that panel. I, I think you know the more contact that we have to, to sort of give the Google position on this, the, the better off the, the market is. So um, by no means are we, we against it, and I think it just comes down to we're, we're local in Mountain View, so San Jose was easy to have somebody go to. The New York event, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to get more details, and, and, and we'll look into seeing if we can send somebody there. Okay, so. great, because I know it was definitely a very interesting panel, and I think it was kind of really got the ball started with the whole arbitrage issue that you see now kind of evolving with, with, with search engine arbitrage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so recently in... The news you, you've you've seen in, with the BBC that YouTube is going to be doing some revenue sharing. Um, is, can you comment at all with what could be coming down the pipe if it could, you know, uh, involve AdSense in any in any way? Uh, yeah, we're we're very excited about this change. So YouTube is is essentially has announced something very similar to what AdSense is for publishers on websites. They've announced it for. Um, video creators um, across the web on YouTube. So um, for those that, that haven't heard the announcement, the um, announcement it, it wasn't, wasn't quite formal. It, it was, I, I believe, a comment from Chad, the CEO of um, YouTube, mentioning that uh, we are actually planning to monetize um, user-generated content, and, um, and it's you know, very much so in, in AdSense fashion. Um, the, the differences being that the videos will be hosted on, on YouTube, 
Um, in, in AdSense case, content is hosted across the web, and um, otherwise it's going to be very similar in that for useful content that, that users find interesting, people will be paid. And um, we think that that really hits on the, the, the big ideal behind AdSense, which is by monetizing um, content and, and monetizing the, the more useful content with, with greater um, monetization, the, the, it incents more content creation and, and makes the web a better place. Okay, so so will the the users? I mean, is the future then with AdSense? So people will need an AdSense account, and it'll go through AdSense. Yeah, as far as um, it makes a lot of sense to leverage much of what we've built for AdSense, since it, it's sort of a different media property type, and there's just quite a bit to still build out and um, to to actually get there and have it integrated. So we we don't have all the details um, that we can speak to it at this point about it, but you can imagine it being very similar to what we built with an AdSense and, and it just sure. being another media type. Seems to make sense. I know a lot of people are really were really excited when you guys, when, when there was the, the BBC and all that announcement that you guys would be doing some um, revenue sharing with, with YouTube. A lot of people put a lot of hard work into their videos they do, so for them to be compensated I think is, is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, and, so, and you know it's it's great because it just incents more um, content creation of, of very useful content. So we're we're very excited about it for that matter as well. You know that's really an, an exciting thing for me. I've recently started doing a lot of video blogging, which won't necessarily get me listed in in the you know search engines for it. But you know with with monetizing it like that with YouTube, it's certainly going to give I think the video blogging realm a whole new level on that. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know it's another reason to to then post your videos on YouTube if you're not doing it today, and um, to get more distribution um, of your ads, and and you know it, again it's sort of this ecosystem that uh, works out well for everybody. Do you think it would be possible for? I mean, do you think? Um, and I haven't heard anything about this, but I mean, like a whole. Andrea brings up a good point with maybe integration with Blogger, you know, and, and with YouTube and and Google all all and AdSense all wrapped into one magic little thing there. Yeah, that you know that again. That really hits on the ideal behind um, behind AdSense is let's monetize the content so we get more creation of that content, and and the next sort of pass there um, of that vision is well, what are the barriers you know preventing the content from being created, and and that's where Blogger is a great example, and I think YouTube's a great example. Um, if you if you post your 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 video just on your own website and you don't you know, you have to get into the SEO business and, and try to get your website actually discovered. And, and there's just a lot of friction to be able to create useful content and be compensated for it. The, the YouTube model is, is great in that you submit your video, and, and if it um, becomes popular, then, um, it, you know, the ads that go along with that will help to, to, to basically pay the bills for you to create more interesting content and videos. Okay. And, um, and just, just uh, quick before we go to our, our final break, um, we – just with the the video, I was a part of the, the beta testing the video ads that you guys did with with AdSense. How is that working out for you guys? You guys are getting quite a few publishers with that. Uh, yeah, we've been very excited about that. Um, hold on, I'm just taking to make sure. Yeah, we've we've been very excited about the early test um, that we did, and and from that test, we've actually had quite a few um, partners that have contacted us from um, the studio side of things as well as the publisher side. And um, from from the test, we we've definitely tested that there is demand, and um, that we're we're very excited about trying to see what the the next phase after the the early test that we did. Yeah, I know. I know. I was I was excited yeah. in in beta testing it to be a part of it, and 
with the um i mean i it was it was really i thought it was a pleasant way of doing ads within video that you guys were testing so i'm really excited to see it grow and evolve more so okay with that uh let's go to our last break and we'll we'll come back and uh finish up with brian axe of google adsense stick around net income on webmasterradio.fm we'll be back after this short break It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now from Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media. Wizards, rainmakers, rock stars, gorillas, and gurus. WebmasterRadio.fm. Come visit our magical Webmaster Wonderland. We got a mouse, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, join your host as we bring on the blink, Jeremy Shoemaker. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Brian, uh, we kind of hit you there with the with the video question, and and I should just just let everybody know, uh, Brian was not briefed of any questions, and he came on to do a live show, and um and and really thanks a lot, Brian, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I um, would enjoy more opportunities like this to to really get you know the the message that we'd like to get out of the the things that we're trying to do um, on behalf of users, publishers, and advertisers. Yeah. So um, with the the uh, Andrea, did did we have a, a question there? Well, I actually did personally. You know, it, it's interesting for me on this whole you know advertising on the video thing. Is there any dates that you guys are looking at for rolling this out and making it like public, I guess, and and up and running? Uh, we let's see. So I believe Was that we in regards on to YouTube or yeah, I'm sorry, with YouTube. Okay, the YouTube as far as monetizing the the YouTube videos. Um, again, that was it was it was just announced, and I think that there's sort of a closed beta um, where we're really going to work the kinks out, and then um, the the real power is going to be when we can make this open, and and we're trying to get to, to that as soon as possible. Um, but I know everybody would like that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think you know within you know sort of the mid this year type of time frame, I think we'll be we'll be kicking pretty well with with that model. And I understand we have a uh, Ken on the line. Ken, are you with us? Hey, Jeremy and Brian, what's up? Thanks for taking the call. Um, I had a question. Um, like a lot of us, tons of people using WordPress for, you know, to run their sites. Um, you know, of course, WordPress is run all off of PHP templates. Um, I'm having a problem tracking what pages, um, not so much what channels, but what pages my clicks are coming from. 
Uh, do either one of you guys have any advice, I guess, the easier way, other than, you know, copy and paste and add block code into every page, you know, of a 650-plus website, um, you know, to just put it into the templates and go that way and track it better other than, you know, 90% of my, um, you know, clicks today came from a certain channel, which is pretty much generic. So I guess that's my problem. Yeah, Ken, have you tried Google Analytics? I'm not sure with, with WordPress and, and the PHP templates if it actually works, but have you, have you tried that? Um, I'm just, I got the, um, I guess the, the code that goes up in the header and stuff like that, but I haven't done any, like, funneling or, or filtering as far as, you know, what pages and I guess the, the more advanced stuff. I haven't got that deep yet on it. I think, okay, I, think, yeah. I think Ken's question was more down to a drill down of what, what pages he has gets the most AdSense revenue. Right, yeah, right. from a click standpoint, not just impression. So, so yeah, just, just to mention, if, if, if you're looking at just traffic, then I think Google Analytics is a great solution for that. If you're actually looking for clicks and, and the Google revenue, then um, the best answer is, is, you know, a separate channel per page. And, and as you mentioned, Ken, it doesn't really make sense um, necessarily um, because you'd have to, to have a different code for every single page. Probably the sure. best thing would be to, if I were in your shoes, is I would use Google Analytics to do sort of 80-20 on which pages are getting the most traffic and then um, put the separate channel code on the high traffic pages and, and then carve it up appropriately. Because even, right. if, even if you had it on each page, you'd get so much data. You know, you'd have sparse data and you'd have all these pages and you'd have to do the, the sort of 80-20 rule that I mentioned anyways. Okay, so basically like take the top 10 most traffic pages and put a unique channel on those and be able to track it that way then. Yeah, I think that'd be, be the best way to go. And then Google Analytics is, is great also in that you can watch the click streams through your website and where you lose traffic and where, um, where you gain traffic. Right. So I would, I would highly recommend um, Google Analytics if you are not using it today. Okay. Thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah. I wish, I wish you would guys, uh, and thanks for your call, Ken. I, w I wish you guys would throw in some heat map tracking into Google Analytics. It's kind of like the only missing piece for me. Anyway, I know you do the, the site overlay, but, but, but I would love to see heat map tracking. It, but we, we have a, a, just a few other questions. One kind of a funny question. What, what was the most ever paid out for one click? I'm sure you're not going to answer that. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One million dollars. No, okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, All right. So another question is, um, what's, your, what's the, the stance with Google in regards to sites doing their own revenue sharing, like uh, letting users, like forums, for instance, where users can post, you know, start threads and stuff, and if it's, they can put in their publisher ID, and, they, and the site can actually do revenue sharing with users. What's, what's the stance on that, and, and maybe the future, if you could talk about that? Yeah, we're, we actually think it's a very creative model. Um, I believe Digital Point was the one that um, first did this and, and really sort of made a mark. Um, with this model, and we've been supportive of, of it. Again, you know, it, it, it goes back to the ideal of creating more, rewarding people for useful content, and many times the people who have um, create posts and, 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 you know, put a lot of care into their posts, they now have a way by which they can be compensated for that. So um, we, you know, we're, we, we encourage it. We think that there's probably some tools that we can build to make it easier for these forum partners to do things like this, and, and we've actually... Um, been doing some tests with, with some partners and, and look for some announcements over the next couple months 
um, on that front as well. But but the you know very creative approach of putting in a pub ID and, and rotating it um, per the percentage that both the commenters as well as the, the forum owner decide upon, um, we think is a good approach. Okay. So so you're definitely um, okay with it. Yeah, we you know, we don't spill anything out within our policies, whether it's 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 you know, we don't have anything in our policies against it. And um, you know, the the if anybody were to write in, we're we're definitely fine with it and, and I'm very comfortable making a public statement that we're very fine with it because we think yeah. it's the right thing. And and I'd also if I could throw something in, I mean I've tried a few um nothing nothing crazy but inventive ways to do things like I know Sean at Digital Point with the the revenue sharing I mean he I know he worked with you guys and got permission to do so and 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 I want to say you guys have always been very open about that with the with the communication channels right yes we you know the, again kind of what's made Google great is just listening to customer feedback and being responsive so the um, you know much much of the innovation comes from just listening and and this is a great example where um, where we listened and um, are looking at at building some better tools to to make it even easier to do these types of things. All right, Brian. Well, we, we've pretty much run out of time. Uh, it sure went by fast. I, I really uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and taking questions. Do you have anything um, that you'd like to say? Final words of wisdom or anything? Uh, you know, I, I guess I could just close on just thanking all of the um, folks out there that have really supported AdSense through the years. Um, it's been phenomenal to, to be involved with this product and, um, you know, just seeing how the, the, the publisher stories that we read where, you know, somebody's been able to pay for their 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 their, their college funding, whereas before they could not, and, um, you know, people that have even bought boats and named their, their boats AdSense. You know, these are these are stories that we just love to hear. So send us send us your success stories, and uh, thank you for everybody for for making AdSense the success that it is today. And and thank All you, right. Jeremy, for um, being part of the the system that helps to make these things possible. All right. Well, thank thanks. You, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And we will uh, talk to you later. Okay. Bye bye.